Hey guys, welcome back to the show and thank you so much for tuning in. Today we're going to be talking about why young people, the youths if you will, are so progressive these days. And no, I don't just mean liberal or classically liberal, center left or anything like that. I mean straight up far left progressive. Whenever I talk to someone older than myself about politics, something that usually comes up is why are young people nowadays just so radical? And that's not really something that Gen Z or millennial conservatives ever wonder about because we know what the answer is. Our generations are so far left because we've been indoctrinated that way. What older generations may not understand because they don't have to deal with it firsthand as much is that pretty much every single institution that children have to deal with as they grow up nowadays, education, entertainment, media, sports, and pretty much every single other extracurricular activity you can think of, they're all controlled by the left and actually not just the left, but the far left. So it's no wonder why students are coming out of university and heck even high school nowadays as these little mini Marxist activists. It's it's because that type of rhetoric is all they've known. So when I get older people asking me, what can we do to set these younger generations straight? The answer is pretty obvious. Take back these institutions and stop the indoctrination. Because ultimately, it doesn't really matter how many Sean Hannity clips you share on your Facebook page if a teenager has grown up being told by people in positions of authority that Republicans and conservatives, people on the right in general, are racist, homophobic, sexist they're not going to vote for Republicans or conservatives when they turn 18. Like, that's just not going to happen. And to illustrate what I'm talking about, I, of course, have some gut-wrenching examples. Recently, Politico reported that among Generation Z, quote, roughly one in four identify as queer, either transgender or genderqueer. Now, if one in four Gen Z identifying as gender non-conforming sounds suspiciously high to you, even for Gen Z, that's because it is. As writer Melissa Deckman clarified, in actuality, I find in two nationally representative surveys that roughly one in four Gen Z Americans identify as LGBTQ+. So no, one in four Zoomers are not trans, but rather one in four Zoomers identify as being LGBTQ+, which is not the same thing. Still though, that number does sound very high, especially since historically, the percentage of LGBT people in the population has been estimated to be between two to 5%, not 25%. Now, I'm not going to say that being gay is a choice because it's absolutely not. But at the same time, being two-spirit gender fluid is absolutely a choice. So with that in mind, why are so many Zoomers choosing to identify this way? Well, it's not really surprising considering that far-left gender rhetoric is being taught as fact in schools in the US, UK, and Canada. I'm sure by now we're all familiar with the infamous genderbred person, a little infographic meant to teach children that, quote, gender isn't binary. It's not either or. In many cases, it's both and. A bit of this, a dash of that. The genderbred person wants children to know that there are infinite possibilities of gender identity between womanness and manness, of gender expression between masculinity and femininity, and of biological sex between femaleness and maleness. And if you're a parent seeing this and thinking, yeah, that's pretty kooky, but it's okay, I can just opt out of my children participating in that kind of sex ed, 
That might not actually be the case. As an insert recently posted by James Lindsay explained, in California at least, parents or guardians can excuse their children from lessons about comprehensive sexual health and HIV prevention education, as well as research on student health behaviors and risks. However, as stated in Education Code 51932B, the opt-out provision of the California Healthy Youth Act does not apply to instruction or materials outside the context of sex education, including those that may reference gender, gender identity, sexual orientation, discrimination, bullying, relationships, or family. And in the UK, it doesn't seem like simply opting out or having children skip those types of lessons is much of an easy answer either. On this show, we've covered before parents who have chosen to actually have their kids stay home from school entirely rather than be subjected to this far left craziness. Come on, Lauren, you're over-exaggerating. I mean, yeah, the gender-bred person is kind of cringy, but really how bad could these lessons be? Well, I'm glad you asked that hypothetical parent because the answer is bad. Very, very bad. As the California Family Council reports, some apparent myths about gender that kindergartners must unlearn include things like stereotypes about dress and body parts and what the two sexes tend to be attracted to. And apparently one of the books that children are encouraged to read to learn more about gender non-conforming identities is called My Princess Boy, a picture book about a little boy who enjoys cross-dressing. And another book that's recommended to children as young as five years old is called Who Are You? The Kid's Guide to Gender Identity, which Amazon describes as a primer on sex, gender, and identity, explaining that the book goes on to define sex, a guess based on body parts observed at birth, and gender identity, who you feel like inside, who you know yourself to be. And it's also noted that a removable gender wheel is included that students can turn to complete three sentences. I have, I am, and I like using a range of terms slash expressions like gender neutral, trans, not sure, etc. Fine then, you might be thinking, I'll just send my kid to a private school. Yeah, sure, that might work for now, at least. In the UK, schools, including private schools, could fail government inspections unless they implement the state-sanctioned LGBT-friendly lessons. And in the U.S., we've seen private Christian schools come under fire from the left for being private Christian schools. Like as the Associated Press reports, Amy Coney Barrett was recently criticized for being involved with a school that had, quote, anti-gay policies. What are these supposed anti-gay policies, you might be wondering? Maybe, maybe they're just flogging little boys whose fingernails are a little bit too clean, or just caning little girls whose hair Seems a little butch. Well, as this article explains, quote, a 2018 to 2019 enrollment agreement obtained by the AP says, the only proper place for human sexual activity is marriage, where marriage is a legal and committed relationship between one man and one woman. It goes on to say that activities such as fornication, pornography, adultery, and homosexual acts, and advocating or modeling any of these behaviors are at odds with the school's core beliefs. As someone who has spent a number of years at private at religious schools, I have to say that agreement is one of the most tepid statements on student sexual conduct that I can imagine, but still. It seems like for progressives, unless the school is willing to have drag queen story hour, 
then it's just plain old bigoted. And never mind just opposing private Christian schools, there are actually a number of people on the left who want to ban private schools entirely. Why, you might be asking? Well, apparently they perpetuate inequality. And if by perpetuate inequality, they mean challenge the supremacy of left-wing indoctrination, then I've gotta say, I agree. It's just so hard to feel like kids are safe in schools anymore. But that doesn't mean they shouldn't feel safe at home with our sponsor, Simply Safe. The thing with most home security companies is that they trap you with high prices, tricky contracts, and lousy customer support. So while there are technically a lot of options out there, there was only one no-brainer, and that is Simply Safe. Simply Safe has everything you need to protect your home with none of the drawbacks of traditional home security. It has an arsenal of sensors and cameras to blanket every room, window, and or tailored specifically for your home. Professional monitoring keeps watch day and night, ready to send police, fire, or medical professionals if there's ever an emergency. You can set it up yourself in under an hour. Just peel and stick the sensors exactly where you need them. There's no technician required. You do everything yourself. This is truly home security for the 21st century. Plus, there's no contract, no pushy sales guys, and no hidden fees, no fine print. All of this starts at just $15 per month, and I'm not the only one who thinks that Simply Safe is great. U.S. News and World Report named it the best overall home security of 2020. So head to simplysafe.com slash Lauren to get a free HD camera for my listeners. That's simplysafe.com slash Lauren to make sure they know that our show sent you. That's spelled S-I-M-P-L-I-S-A-F-E dot com slash Lauren. Back to schooling, though, at this point, you might be thinking, all right, Public school, not a great option. Private school, maybe not an option in the future. Let's just, let's homeschool then. Let's take our kids out of the school system entirely and handle their educations by ourselves. Well, considering how much progressives love control, it shouldn't surprise you that they kinda hate homeschooling. Recently, France became the latest European country to move to ban homeschooling, and in North America, the whole COVID situation proved to be the perfect opportunity for progressives to start their assault on homeschooling. Not long ago, Harvard Magazine ran an article called The Risks of Homeschooling. The article spoke to one apparent expert who argued that some homeschool parents are extreme religious ideologues who question science and promote female subservience and white supremacy. She, on the other hand, believes that, quote, it's it's important that children grow up exposed to community values, social values, democratic values, ideas about non-discrimination and tolerance of other people's viewpoints. Lady, let me tell you, nothing says tolerance for other people's viewpoints quite like calling the people who disagree with you stupid, sexist, and racist. You know, the right may still not fully understand just how powerful an indoctrination tool the school system can be, but the left certainly does, which is exactly why they fight back so hard against any attempts to introduce students to opposing viewpoints. In fact, recently, a teacher had the gall to introduce some 10th graders to PragerU videos, and it became a literal national incident. As the Huffington Post explains, quote, an Ohio public school has been giving students <gasps> extra credit for watching videos from PragerU, a right-wing website that produces clips of talking heads such as Candace Owens and Ben Shapiro discussing conservative viewpoints, HuffPost has learned. <gasps> Can you believe that teenagers, mere teens, being forced to watch, well, not forced, it was extra credit, but being suggested to watch 
Ben Shapiro videos. I just, I can't even fathom this. And what exactly was this right-wing propaganda effort consisting of? Students watching PragerU videos until they were wearing MAGA hats or something? Well, not exactly. As the Huffington Post explains, quote, the assignment asked the student to watch PragerU videos and then answer questions about how the videos challenged her beliefs. Yeah, you heard that right. We're at a point now where students can't even be introduced to conservative content critically without it turning into a news story. But in any case, even if conservatives, centrists, and moderate liberals could get the whole schooling situation back under control, that still wouldn't change the firm grasp the far left has over the culture. For example, recently we saw some truly disgusting pro-abortion sentiments at the Women's March in DC. And no, I don't mean pro-choice, I mean pro-abortion. At the Women's March, we saw women with a sign saying, parasites don't have rights, apparently referring to the unborn as parasites, just lovely, real charming. And horrifyingly enough, and I, I do apologize for what I'm about to show you all by the way, we also saw this. I guess, I guess we'll call it a counter-protest going on in front of some pro-life demonstrators. Even if you're pro-choice, such a callous and insensitive approach to abortion should shock you. But it's no surprise that young women act this way considering the type of material they're bombarded with from an early age. Let us turn now to the online Mark of the Beast, Teen Vogue. Just a cursory glance at their website shows several stories painting teens having abortions in a positive light. One article titled, Crystal Good Just Told the Senate Why Her Abortion at 16 Matters, reads that, during the Senate Judiciary Committee hearings considering notably anti-abortion Judge Amy Coney Barrett's nomination to the Supreme Court, a woman from West Virginia gave testimony about her abortion at age 16. She said that her right to access healthcare is why I am here today. Because of her age and the laws in her home state, Good couldn't access the safe medical procedure without either notifying a parent or seeking permission from a judge. Having experienced sexual abuse, Good said she didn't feel safe asking a parent, so she went to court. Not only is this piece pro-abortion, it's also pro-underage abortion without the consent of a parent. Next, we have a very intersectional piece called What It Was Like to Have an Abortion as a Religious Genderqueer Teen. The article reads that in this excerpt from Dr. Mira Shah's newly published book, You're the Only One I've Told, The Stories Behind Abortion, the doctor and advocate tells the story of Alex, a genderqueer teen in the Bible Belt who needs an abortion. Alex's boyfriend, Brandon, impregnates them after homecoming, and because of abortion restrictions, Alex must tell their dad and have his help to access the procedure. If pretty much every other article on your website talks about abortion and people having abortions and how important abortions are, it's gonna normalize abortions, which even if you're pro-choice, again, you shouldn't want. Abortions are not a good thing for anybody, and I think it's important to note that Teen Vogue spends way more time talking about abortions than they do practicing safe sex. So in closing, if you want to know why so many young people are radical leftists, just take a look around. The Overton window is gonna keep shifting steadily leftward as long as progressives have control over the education system and popular culture. And if conservatives don't want that to happen, then we need to do something about it. That's it for now though. Thank you so much for tuning in and I'll see you next time.